Thanks for joining our Wout Work podcast, where we focus on the challenges, but also the successes of starting a new business or making a career transition. Today, we are talking to Anne Allison, who has had more than her fair share of career transitions, moving from nursing into work as a medical secretary, then joining the police force while at the same time taking on work as a marriage celebrant. Her latest role as a funeral director is possibly the most unusual. Thanks for joining us, Anne. You moved from, you know, um, this into the police force as an older person at 39. Yes. Um, Tell me a little bit about that. Thanks, Barbara. So um, in my mid-30s, after working as a medical secretary for quite a long time and having young twins, um, so I guess not thinking too much about a career at that time, um, I just decided I wanted a more challenging career and rather than return to nursing, I had previously been a nurse, I decided to try to join the police force. I had a few police friends and just was really drawn to the police force. So I worked, you know, worked hard in obviously getting my physical fitness up to scratch and um, studying, you know, getting some skills on board to be able to successfully complete the entrance exam, which was a little bit challenging after not studying for a long, long time. Um, But fortunately, that was all good and I was successful and it probably took me about a year and a third to go through that process. Right. Um, And... When I was 39, I started at the police academy, which I always think is funny because I actually started on the Queen's birthday public holiday and I thought, oh, welcome to public. <laughs> welcome to shift work. Welcome <laughs> to public service and shift work, you know, starting starting my first day on the Queen's birthday, um, Monday. So, that, so that how difficult did you find that once you were, I mean, it was very different from what you've been doing before. So oh, it was extremely different, but look, you know, as any police officer will tell you, going through the academy is, it's actually an experience that's hard to explain in, in the um, camaraderie and the, the um, friendships that you develop within your squad. Um, and I was very fortunate to have just the most fantastic people. I was the oldest woman in, in the group. There was eight, eight women in my squad of right. about 28, I think 28 of us there was. Um, so that was it was funny to feel so old at 39, but, you know, at that time, this was about 17 years ago now, I was pretty old for a woman to be starting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the oldest person in our squad was about 50. But, uh, yeah, fortunately, as I said, it's such a close-knit group. You all really help each other to get through. But, you know, it was very challenging, but it was great. Like, it was one of the best times of my life. So how long were you actually in the police force in total? I know that um, you did a bit of hybrid working where you continue yes. to work while you set up your business and we'll talk a bit more about that later but how long in total were you in the police 15 force? years 15, so 15 years. years in the police force right. um, and most of that uh, about 10 or 11 years of that was operational right so being out you know in the divisional van and um, a few different roles but mostly just operational policing um, you know at various eastern suburban stations right mm. and and you said to me that you ended up in um uh ethical was it ethical standards yes i did yes. so i had a close policing girlfriend who got a great job at ethical standards and that was in more of an admin role and i just started to realize that unfortunately i think in the police force i left my run a little bit too late you have to be quite dynamic to move forward and seek either promotion or other areas to work in. And I probably 
kept procrastinating a little bit and wasn't quite sure what area that I wanted to move into. Um, one of them was probably prosecutions, which I could have done, maybe detective type work. Um, but, you know, I kept procrastinating and probably left there, yeah, left it a bit too late. I just started to realise that I actually was really feeling the toll of the physical demands and the stress, the emotional stress of working in the police force. It's a, it's a tough gig. <laughs> Um, and I just started to realise that I, I really just couldn't, I, I needed to make a move away from operational policing and the ethical standards role was an administration role. Right. So you also um, dabbled in uh, work as a celebrant. So can you just talk me briefly through, through how that came about? So probably, actually, when I, was a, when I was a teenager or a child, my family was very, very good friends with a very, very prominent, well-known celebrant who was one of the pioneers, one of the first celebrants. And I really admired him. For as long as I can remember, I really wanted to be a marriage celebrant, but he actually convinced me that it wasn't such a good idea and very competitive. So it was always in the back of my mind and I wanted to do it so much. Um, and it, during my time in the police force, I just left my marriage and then just had such a calling to still want to be a marriage celebrant. So Finally, just and I had the paperwork sitting on the bench for about two years to do the course. <laughs> and finally, my new partner said, oh, for goodness sake, like, come on, you know, just do it. Um, and I'm so glad that I did. It's just been the most wonderful thing. And I've met some, you know, made some amazing friends. And so was that something you did in conjunction with your policing work? Yes, it yeah. was. So I undertook a certificate in celebrancy, certificate four. Um, which isn't a guarantee to be appointed. It's just a process you have to go through and yes. then you have to apply to be appointed through the Attorney General's Department. Oh, okay. So, um, yes, I went through all of that. Probably took me about two years, I guess, to be appointed or maybe a year and a half. Um, and, yeah, I've since conducted over 100, probably around 110 marriage ceremonies. I probably now only do about eight weddings a year. Right. Um, and just keep my registration going so that I can marry my kids' friends and, you know, people who approach me and it's just lovely. Uh, and more recently you've had another transition. So can you talk yes. to me a bit about that? So what happened, I guess, um, about six years ago or six and a half years ago, my husband and I decided to travel overseas for about six months and we were very lucky to have that opportunity with our long service leave, very lucky. Um but, you know, we worked hard to make it happen and it was a lot of work travelling for six months overseas with suitcases. And anyway, we went to about, I think, probably about 17 countries and we had the most amazing time. But it was then that we both realised, with him being a police officer as well for 35 years, that we just really didn't want to continue on in the police force and we really had to try and make a move to doing something else. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, we were very, very much... Um, I suppose I felt such a very, very deep calling, and I do think that sounds a bit corny, but it's true for me, into working in the funeral industry. Yes. And it's something that I'd wanted to do for a long, long time, even before I joined the police force. Where, where, where did that thinking come from? I think just my personality and nature. I've just always felt that I'd be really, really suited to it and that I would really enjoy it. So as a celebrant, did you do funerals as well? Yes. So part of the celebrant, the marriage celebrant course was quite a large funeral component. Right. And uh, that definitely reignited my interest into working in the funeral industry and it was really in the back of my mind. And then I guess while we were away on our trip, I actually started following a lady who had started her own funeral business and was very successful, very driven, very motivated, very successful. So I really started following her and chatting to her and that 
I suppose, propelled me forward a little bit more and um, my husband was keen. I also felt it was something we could really work together well to, mm-hmm. to do together yeah. and that we'd both be really suited to the, to the work, which we can, are. Can you tell me a little bit more about that because I'm interested in what skills you bring from or you've bought, I should say, from your other transitions, various uh, career you know, background yeah, well, to, to, this, to this new um, business. I think uh, I'm well. I'm naturally a very caring person, um, and very I think very empathetic. Um, you know, two skills I think you really have to have to have your own funeral business. Um, and but from a policing point of view, and quite honestly, I, I I think that the skills I gained as a police officer are absolutely invaluable. Um, in helping me be able to deal with, you know, manage our funeral business. Just, I guess, negotiation, nego- mm-hmm. being able to negotiate with people, conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my gosh, like dealing with families where, you know, you've got warring families and one wants to do it one way, one wants to do it another. They're all grief-stricken. It's it's very, very challenging <laughs> yes. um, and stressful at times when, when, of course, you're trying to get the end result, you know, to be a beautiful funeral where everybody's happy. Um, I think organisation as well and, and attention to detail, like all preparation in, in um, or sorry, all the preparation in putting together a police brief and the attention to detail in that, in that brief, you know, with in, in regards to paperwork and making sure all your I's are dotted and T's crossed and, mm-hmm. you know, that's potentially going off to court. And, you know, it's the same with the funeral work. I, I, we cannot afford to get anything wrong um, and we don't. Um, only little things have ever gone wrong. We're so lucky in the time that we've been going that we've had, you know, we've been really successful. So I think all of those things and just... And the demands, the demands of the business as well. You know, we're 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yes, yes. Um, our phone can ring at two in the morning, three in the morning. And, the, you know, the demands of policing probably have helped me being able to cope with the demands of, of having my own funeral business. Right. So, you've, you know, you've not exactly jumped um, out of the frying pan into something a little bit less Do you know, <laughs> There have been many times that I've thought that I'm like, and, you know, I was a nurse many moons ago as well, and I think, geez, I always seem to do these jobs that are really challenging and, you know, cause me lack of sleep at night sometimes with the stress of it all. Given that you, you know, you decided while you were away that you were going to look at making this sort of transition, can you just talk me through some of the initial steps that you took once you'd made that the two of you had made that decision that you'd head in this direction because it's an unusual direction to take for most people would consider it an unusual direction to take it is it is well look we knew that we had to have training we had not and one of the really challenging well there's lots of challenging challenging things I think in the funeral industry but one of them in in regards to starting out is that there's not really hardly any courses or anything uh, much that you can do out there in the way of training Right, um, And we knew, of course, that we would need significant training. So we were lucky in that the woman that we met who actually happened to be a police officer's, an ex-police officer's wife, so we knew him as a police officer as well, um, we were fortunate in that she offered us basically, you know, a traineeship mentoring, um, you know, opportunity. Okay. Which was paid, you know, it was a paid opportunity for us, but we knew that we had to be trained, of course. Um, and really that was the only, at the time, 
you know, we looked into it a little bit, but there was we just couldn't see much out there at all. So, isn't that yeah. interesting? That, mm. So, yes. how do most people get into it then through family most, connections? Most people or something? through family. You know, there's a lot of obviously there's lots of family connections in the business, especially smaller funeral directors that have been going for a long, long time, and sons and daughters might continue it on. But um, just in the larger companies, you basically you know you'll just be lucky enough to get a job to start with them and then they'll train you as you right. go. So that contact was absolutely crucial, really, to, to you. It was. And we procrastinated a little bit because, you know, we did, like I said, it was a paid, something that we had to pay for, which was fine and we expected to have to pay. But, you know, it was a fairly significant amount. Um, how long did you do that for? Probably about a year. Right. Um, so we stayed working in the police force part-time. Mm-hmm. Um I think David stayed full time, but I I was part time. It's it's, it's, it's so common this really for for particularly for mature age people who are starting a new business that they do this hybrid, mm. you know, um, mm. situ- they have this hybrid situation where they continue in their in their full time or mm. part time role until they can actually get mm. the business off the ground. So that was very much sounds it, like what happened with you. Very much, yeah. And I was fortunate in that the police force allowed me to do that because it's actually quite difficult to work in a secondary employment. Um, you know, with secondary employment in the police force has to be approved and it, yes. I had to apply and, you know, submit an application and that has to be assessed by inspectors and superintendents and okay. you know, all, all the risk factors have to come into play, you know, understandably. So I was lucky that, you know, in the end, I think it was about five, four years that I had that approved every year and I had to do that in my role as a marriage celebrant as well. I've got to ask you about um, things like market research and what have you, but it sounds mm. like you had had done a fair bit of this kind of work and, and just getting your understanding of the industry mm. uh, prior to, um, uh, you know, linking up with this um, uh, cl- a friend of yours, mm. was it a friend of an yours? Acquaintance. Acquaintance, acquaintance. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who, who helped you. Um, mm. so, so what was involved in that? Well, look, to be honest, I feel a little bit ignorant in that way now, now in that really our market research came from her. um and I didn't we didn't do a whole lot more I suppose uh, and if we had of maybe we wouldn't have gone into it um it's probably a good thing it's probably a good thing we didn't why did you Um, why do you say that um oh it's so competitive um and it's you know like any starting any new business I think really regardless of what it is um is so much more challenging than what I realized um, and it is so competitive. Like, you know, you're up against those big companies that literally spend hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in marketing. Yes. Um, which yes. we don't have and don't want to spend anyway. Um, and so I did speak to another couple of people that had worked in the industry for a long time and they were very negative about for exactly those reasons that basically it's just too hard. But I think we just wanted it so much. We wanted it so much. We really did and we just felt that we would be so suited and we just kept plodding along and having those sleepless nights. And Well, um, you know, that's something else you probably got from the police force and that's probably pers- just persistence. That perseverance, yeah. <laughs> perseverance and, in, and you know, when really, you're up against a lot of barriers. That's right. And I think what helped us so much too was that financially we just took it so slowly. We didn't go and get a premises. We basically just worked... 
um, you know, from a home office and used another mortuary facility with the most wonderful people, which we actually still do because we can't see any reason to do it any differently. The, the morticians that we have are absolutely unbelievable and train other morticians in our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, we really wouldn't want to use anyone else. They're the most wonderful women. Um, so really it was mostly a hearse. We had to purchase a hearse, which we bought from Queensland. Um, and, you know, we spent a little bit on marketing and advertising and obviously the mentoring cost, um, but it wasn't a huge amount and we were able to just really, we were very conservative in our approach. Yes. Um, very conservative. And, mm. you know, that challenge that you just mentioned about the larger corporate companies and what you were facing. So how, what have you done to try and um, get around that issue or overcome that issue and position yourself quite differently? Well, we've now, like in our first year, we did 19, I think 18 or 19 funerals. Um, and we certainly had to keep working in the police force to be able to, you know, financially manage um, but now we do about 110 funerals wow. a yep. year, mm-hmm. um, which we'd like to build up to about 150. Um, you know, we're just trying to work towards our, you know, helping the super fund and we're getting older. I'm 56 now. And so, you know, that's the goal. And plus we love the work. So we want to be busy and we really like helping people in this space. Um, so I guess it's largely now word of mouth, would you believe? We, right. I think... We, um, we practice what we preach in that we just look after people so well, I think, um, in that we just reassure them. I'm often the celebrant, so a vast majority of our services now I actually conduct myself as a celebrant and people seem to really like the work that I'm doing in that funeral space as a celebrant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I've really come to learn what people like or um, the majority of families seem to like. Funny, like a lot of funeral directors are very negative about or you can't possibly be a celebrant and a funeral director. You can't have your own, you know, you can't, you can't combine the two, but, you know, I, I've combined it very successfully. Um, and so I think just the word of mouth now is where we get the majority. And it's just taken this, you know, six years to get to this point. Right. And it's still... It's still scary sometimes. Um, at the moment, we're very quiet. Um, yes, and all I was those, going to ask those, you about that. Yeah, that, and all those doubts and worries come flooding back. I think, oh, here we go again. You know, the phone's not ringing. But then we can have four in one week no. and we can get four funerals in one day. Literally, that happens sometimes. That's a challenging thing to manage as well because you're trying to juggle your life, you know, not knowing what are we going to do this week? And then, yeah. <laughs> then the phone rings, oh, well, we're doing four funerals this week. <laughs> Um, so, Anne, if you reflect back uh, over the six years, what, what do you think are the key lessons you've learned in um, and, and what might have you done a little? Is there anything you might have done differently? I think what I would have liked to have done differently is to have, I think, more, more help from others. I know we did seek some, you know, some business advice once from someone when we first started and I always remember him saying well this will be really hard it's just the two of you and that is really hard and it's still really hard because like I said when we do get busy you know we're so busy working in the business and I know a lot of small business owners have this you know have this challenge that you're so busy working in the business and then when it's quiet I have to get my head back onto marketing and doing other things and I find that really hard to juggle the two so I wish that I'd had 
more people that could support and help me, I think, in areas that I'm not talented in. One of them is technology and, you know, social media. And I've had a good go. I've done some social media marketing and Facebook campaigns and things, but I find that really challenging. And one of the things that was a, was an issue, I think, and continues to be for me is finding people that I trust. Right. Like, you know, we had some bad experiences with Google Ad words people you know ringing us all the time wanting us to do google adwords and you know people oh, i can be your business manager and i i struggle to find people that i trust and like um, to help us in our business um, and that's probably i wish now i'd tried harder in the beginning to find people that i liked and could trust we've since just in the last couple of years built an amazing hot rod hearse which is the only one of its kind yes i did see that on your website we love it we love it so much but you know we we need help to get that out there and um yeah so that that's probably what I would say mostly I wished in the beginning we'd had probably worked a bit harder in finding people to help us did did you develop a formal business plan I tried um I tried a couple of times and it no I didn't in the end so we've very much winged our business (laughs) and we're just lucky that um that I think we are so suited to it. Yes. And we've developed so much trust, um, I think, out there with so many people, a lot of a lot of police officers as well. Um, and just having those contacts, we have, I suppose we have quite a big, big contact and net, networking group. We talked a little bit about your transferable skills earlier, where you told me what you had brought, you know, from your previous uh, work background. What new skills do you think you've learned in setting up this new business? Well, very much, I suppose, at large, the funeral industry um, I've learned. And, oh, my gosh, there's always so much to learn and it's, you know, it's constantly, you know, we're constantly faced with a new challenge. Or But we're so lucky, as I said, to have those people there that we can call on and help us with difficult or new situations. Um, can you give me an example? Uh, well, like, for instance, if we have to repatriate someone from overseas, there's a huge process to go through. Oh, I'm um, sure. Yeah. Dealing with overseas embassies and liaising with the airport and getting the deceased person in and then we have to organise the pick-up of the deceased person and they have to be then handled a certain way and, and then it's vice versa if we send someone from here, you know, to overseas. Um, we actually have an exhumation um, coming up very soon where we have to exhume someone that, the family now wishes had never been buried. Um, we did the burial about five years ago, buried a young person, um, and now have to exhume them for cremation. Right. Um, so that's, you know, that's something now that we're learning that we have not done before. Um, and that's, I think, you know, once again, just being able to work through really challenging situations in the police force has helped us just be very calm and, we just work our way through anything right. that's presented to us now. What else have I really learnt? Um, well, I suppose, you know, like just um, from a ceremonial point of view, all the different, you know, lots of different ways of making a ceremony unique and special. And um, it's I've just learnt so much. It's hard to say in a <laughs> nutshell, you know, just it's, it's a very, you know, it is, it's a complicated industry and lots yeah. lots to always think about. So well it well, it sounds like an industry where you're constantly learning as yes. well. Yes. There's, and, there's you know, always like, new like situations. Said, you know, logistically, like for example, if we have, you know, a 160 kilo person, which we've had 
a few times logistically and particularly if, if that's someone that's going to be buried that's you know we oh gosh the amount that we have to think about you know um safety and ohs and how we're going to manage that person and the family at the graveside because you know it's going to have to be and then we have to get the grave measurement just right and yeah we've we've learned a lot <laughs> um is there any advice that you would give to anyone thinking of making a a fairly major transition that you've made of starting a new business is what what sort of advice would you give definitely definitely to try and seek people that can really help you and support you I think that's just you know crucial um and and to really think about what you're suited to and where your skills and talents lie because you know I know I've said it a couple of times but even though we didn't have that formal funeral obviously experience in the beginning I, I just think our personality and skills really um, just helped us, have helped us enormously to be successful um, to this point. And, and did that, is, is that the thing that gave you the confidence, really, that you could do this, that you could establish this business and be successful? Yes, definitely. And I think it's also what has made us not want to give up. I can't tell you how many sleepless nights I've had. Um, whether that's been, you know, worrying about money, particularly the build of our hot rod hearse has been huge <laughs> um, financially and just the anxiety of it, you know, getting it registered and worrying if it's all going to come together. And it took us about two years, two years to build it. Um, so I think, yeah, I think just having the confidence in our abilities and that we can do it has just kept me going through those hard times Mm-hmm. Um, there's been many times that I've wanted to give up, especially in the early days, many, many times. But, no, I just had such a deep feeling that we had to keep going. I wanted to keep, and I'm so glad now that we just pushed, especially me. I'm probably a bit more of a worry than my husband is. Um, but I'm so glad now that we just pushed through mm-hmm. because it's the best business for us. What would have helped you most at the outset that you... Uh, that you didn't really know at the time, if you'd known it at the beginning, what what would have really helped you? What would have made a difference? Probably having some, um, probably seeing a psychiatrist or psychologist. (laughs) That sounds ridiculous, but probably I think just having more faith and confidence in myself um, and that all would would work out, you know. Um, But, you know, unfortunately none of us have a crystal ball, do we? So just... and. I just, you know, that that saying, feel the fear and do it anyway, but, boy, did I have the fear. Like yes. like I've said a couple of times, I, the amount of sleepless nights and fear that I had. And in the beginning it was fear of the work. And I think what's, what's so wonderful for us now and we really recognise is that the work for us now, you know, like I said, there's always, we're always presented with challenging situations still, but now for us the work is you know just second nature and we've conducted you know hundreds and hundreds of funeral services so um to be able to relax now into the work and really sounds weird when you know you're helping people where someone's where they've when they've lost a loved one but we really do enjoy helping people i don't know if enjoy is the right word we're very um rewarded by helping like my husband says it's great you know crooks used to tell me to you know whatever off and now now people actually want to give me a hug and say thank you and how wonderful we've been it's like it's great <laughs> I'm a bit of an introvert actually which you wouldn't think so being a celebrant and and that's that's a challenge for me and continues to be a challenge for me with 
networking and um, getting myself, getting us out there. And I find that really hard in the funeral space as well because so many people don't want to talk about death and dying, yes. which is yes. which is understandable. And it's for me the challenge of marketing our business has been and continues to be our biggest challenge. Challenge. Tell me a little bit, um, and just to kind of wrap up here, can you tell me a little bit about how you see the business going forward? You said earlier that you want to grow um, uh, more at this point, but a lot mm. of mature age think people are thinking quite differently about retirement. Is mm. this the kind of industry that you could keep your business going and sort of, uh, you know, not be doing lots and lots of funerals, have time to yourself, uh. you know, can you do that in this industry maybe at the moment and we're starting to think about the future more you know like I said I'm 56 but at the moment that's not an air something that we want to do we're really happy working in the business ourselves and working hard you know those 6 a.m to 10 p.m days as I said but um certainly in the future we David and I have five children between us right um and a couple of them perhaps show interest into moving into the business so that might be something that we'll consider um and one of them in particular has worked quite extensively with us um in the business and really enjoys it but he's off now in another good career role but may consider coming back to our business yes um so yeah we might in the next couple of years um it's been difficult too in that we can manage the business very well on our own but to move it forward, we recognise that we probably will need to perhaps hire someone right. um, to help us move it for move it move it forward as well. And if we do do 150 a year, that is a lot um, for us to manage. So yes, thank you. Um, is there is there anything you'd like to add that I didn't ask? Uh, no, I just you know I really I think just so encourage anyone else out there to that really is keen to give something a go just. Explore absolutely every avenue that you can to try and perhaps transition because it's, gosh, it's just I'm so proud of us now and what we've achieved and I just feel so blessed and lucky that we didn't give up and just kept plodding on and kept pursuing our dream and here we are, you know, helping so many families. Yes, that's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for your company today. And if you're looking to start a business yourself, please check out the resources that we have on our website at moreonwestedtalent.com.au. Thanks again. Bye.